bells jingling, just know you're in Christmas season right there, don't you? You have arrived at the end of the year. Can you believe it? 2023 is just about history. You enjoy being in church this morning? Come on, put your hands together one more time. Welcome to the Avenue. My name is Dave DeFrancesca, and I love having the privilege to pastor this church with my wife and just be able to just get to know people, new people we've never met this morning, every Sunday. We get to meet you and get to know you a little bit. We'd love to shake your hand in the lobby and just try our best to rem remember your name. You may come four, five, six thousand times, and we're still going to be remembering those names sometimes, it feels like, but we'd love to have the opportunity to. On your seat, you'll see an orange Connect card. If you take a moment and fill that out, put as much information on there as you'd love, we would love to connect with you sometime this week. We'll reach out to you via email and let you know it was great to have you here and answer any questions you might have. If you drop that off at the Next Steps table on your right as you leave this morning, we'll exchange that. We have a gift just for you, and we'd love to give that to you and be able to connect to you this week. We have a lot going on here at the Avenue. I'm going to ask them to throw our December calendar up on the screens for us. So much happening, so many things going down. Let me give you a little bit of picture of it. If you need to take a picture with your phone of this, it'll give you help as well. We have Angel Tree that is in the lobby. We did this last year. We were helping provide gifts for those less fortunate. So go by the Angel Tree, grab a name off of there. We'll be adding names to it each week as well and get something off of there and then uh, bring the gift back. The instructions are there. You can see my wife, Pastor Terry, she'll give you more information on that as we love the opportunity to do things like that as well. We got that slide, that upcoming event slide. Throw it up there. There it is. Thank you very much. You'll see coming home, our new series begins this morning on Christmas, and then next Sunday is Growth Track. Each one of you, if you have not been through Growth Track, we invite you to join us there. If you're new to the church, it is your next step. Maybe it's been six months you've been here trying to figure it out. Maybe it's been six weeks. Maybe it's been six minutes. <laughs> growth Track is your next step. If you haven't done it yet, we'd invite you to come. What is it? It's simply a place where you get to discover who you are. It begins a journey of discovering your life for spiritual gifts, personality, why God created you the way you are. You can also find out some information about who we are as a church as well. It's a great couple of uh, hours just to get together and discover uh, things about the avenue and yourself as you begin this journey uh, with us in this community. Then, uh, legacy offering. No, go back to it. Go back to it. We're not done. We've got to go down. Legacy offering begins next Sunday. We've been talking about this since last week. At the end of every year, we do a legacy offering. And in this offering, we ask you to ask God. We have you to do over and above your regular tithe that you give. So this is an offering. This is outside of what we budget in in our tithe. This is something we do at the end of the year because we look back at the year and see God's faithfulness. How faithful has God been this year? How good has God been this year? And how much better is he going to be next year? Because God gets gooder and gooder and better and better. Come on. Day by day and year by year. So at the end of the year, I like to just look back and go, man, God, you've been so good. I'm going to give now to sow into next year. So we have some different lanes that you can do that in. On this slide, you'll see it. The Avenue Present. There's three different lanes you can give in this year in your legacy giving. You can give in a place where you say, right now, we've got some needs around here. We've been doing this for almost six years, somebody. And stuff gets worn out and needs to be updated, needs to be just needs new concepts and new ideas and new things. And so there's always a place for updates. So if you say, hey, I have a heart for that, I want to give towards that. Last year, when we did our legacy offering, we brought in $15,004 total, and we used quite a bit of that to update some things around here as well. And so the kids got some updates, and the worship team 
Things that you don't know. You're like, well, where's that? It's in their ears. Like these in-ear things. They're expensive, y'all. But they help them be able to hear each other and hear. I mean, I'm not a musician, so I don't know what's up. I can't imagine trying to preach with somebody in my ears. Thank God for our wonderful worship team that is doing amazing things. And thank you for making it possible to make their jobs like that as well in areas that they serve. We were able to do so many different things with it last year. So if you have a heart for that and just say, hey, we want to keep things moving, we want to be up to date, we want to operate in excellence, that may be the lane you want to give inside of as well. Then also we have our future. Hey, we have a reserve that we're collecting for the future to get a building and to get land. You say, I want to sow into that. I want to sow to where the avenue is going. I want to sow for the generations to come. What is sowing? You keep saying this. I'm saying put a seed in the ground that may be financial that you know is going to be a harvest down the road. Maybe, hey, in the future, I believe God's going to do something. Or we have a missional uh, uh, lane you can give in as well, where we are also leaning into an organization that we are partnered with that we're going to help people in Israel and Palestine, where 60 bucks will buy them a box of food and a Bible. So our goal is to get 50 of those and give them $3,000 by 50 boxes, one box, one Bible per family. So maybe you, you have a missional heart, you want to be a part of that. All you got to do is scan that QR code. Use your phone right now. Scan it. You can give it any one of those. You can go to the website. You'll see a legacy drop down. You can go to the text to give. You'll see a legacy drop down. This begins next week. I'm telling you today and last week. Why? So you can prepare your hearts and have a conversation with God. Because we don't believe in compulsive giving. We don't believe in twisting people's arms to give. We don't believe in putting people on the spot to give. I want you to be prepared to give. The Bible says... You come to church with an offering already prepared and ready to go. You've had a conversation with God about it. So I'm giving you that opportunity. Talk to your spouse. Talk to God. What do we want to do at the end of the year in our legacy giving? Okay, jump to, back to the calendar. Man, there's a lot going on. My clock better not be running for preaching. Y'all better not be diving into my preaching time. Christmas Eve. Christmas Kids on the Ave will be doing a one. Man, I get excited about this. The Kids on the Ave are going to be doing a presentation in the service on the 17th. And then also our Christmas Eve services are 9 and 10.30. Just make a note, there's no evening service at 5 p.m. this year. It lands on a Sunday, so it'll be 9 and 10.30, our regular service times. And then the Sunday after that, December 31st, New Year's Eve, we don't have any service at all. It's our Sabbath Sunday, we call it Breeze Sunday, where our dream team and a core of volunteers, we just don't have church. And some people are like, is that in the Bible? You just take that Sunday and you find it. Go through the whole thing. The whole, it's in there somewhere. And if it's not, then you come tell me. We just started that a few years back just as a way to give our team a chance to rest and celebrate with their family. Many are traveling. Many are still doing different things. And being portable, it just gives us a chance to breathe. And then we are fully rested walking into the following year that begins January 7th. And we'll be back and better than ever here at the Avenue. All right, if you have your Bibles, we're going to begin this Christmas series this morning, and it's kind of a little bit uh, unorthodox because I don't have a Christmas passage from Luke chapter 2 or Matthew chapter 1. We're going to be pulling out of some of Paul's writings. It'll all make sense here. If not here, then in the second service because I'll sort it out in between. <laughs> but it'll make sense here, but we're going to kind of walk through this idea this morning because how many of you... When you think of Christmas, when you think of home for the holidays, some kind of cliche, some kind of word gets presented to you, your mind flashes back to your childhood home. 
Maybe it was when you just had your babies. The first Christmas tree for you and your spouse. Some type of flashback, some type of memory comes to mind. Now, it may be good, it may not be. It may be one that you've boxed and isolated and put off to the side because you don't have a good core memory that you want to recall. You know, it may be that you have many of these good core memories. Christmas typically is a core memory for many people. That's why we dive into it. That's why it's accessible and celebrated for a month and for some of y'all, three months. Some of y'all like Hobby Lobby said it's Christmas time. It's Christmas time. Cracker Barrel's got Christmas time going on. It's Christmas time, people. August 31st. So it's a core memory, and you can dive into that and pull from it. I want to look at what it takes to make a home a great positive experience, not just for our children, but for us. I want to look at what it takes to make a home, spiritual home, that as well. Because I think there's some obstacles that get in the way. So we're going to identify those obstacles, and we're going to give you keys to helping you overcome them so that these things aren't problems. They're not areas where, you know, Christmas is great as long as I don't have to see them, as long as I don't have to talk to them, as long as I don't have to think about that. As long as I'm not required to do this. And I think we can avoid so much that then we lose the ability to engage. In your Bible, if you have it with me, we're going to go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. And we're going to take a look at some tools to build a healthy home. Colossians 2 verse 6 says this. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue. Like keep on. Don't stop. Keep moving. Keep going. Continue to live your lives in him. Rooted and built up. Ooh, that's a good couple of words. Rooted. Deep down in the ground. Holding on to something. Spreading out. Getting good foundational soil that your life is rooted. And then when it's it, once it is rooted, now you begin to build upwards in him. You're not building a life for yourself. You're building a life in him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught. Overflowing with thankfulness. What kind of Christmas scripture is this? Let's pray. God, we thank you this morning for what you're doing in our hearts and lives. Lord, I pray that today you would unlock something for somebody that just seems locked. God, speak to us today. Open our ears and our eyes and our hearts to hear from you, to see you, and to experience you in a way we never had before. In Jesus' name, everybody said, how many of y'all um, have a couple different favorite pastimes that when you do them, you're like, oh, that's, that's fun. But then, uh, and I don't even know how to like exactly say it, but maybe they're not as healthy as you thought they were. You're scared to say, you don't know where I'm going. I'm not going deep right here. I'm very topical. I love scaring my kids. Anybody else? Come on, show of hands. How many of y'all just enjoy when somebody spooks you? Like you enjoy just getting scared. Like you just, oh, you got me good. I like it. I don't mind it. Like if somebody gets me, I'm like, oh, it gives you that quick rush. It's like a, a sudden, like, oh, I'm alert. I'm on guard all of a sudden. My sister scared me earlier this year. She came in the house in the middle of the night, woke me up from a dead sleep, and put the alarm in, and I turned the corner, and I was about to hit somebody, and she started laughing at me. It was like 3 a.m., and I pulled back my fist, and she was like, she just like walks away laughing, and I was like, I almost knocked you out. 
she just kept on laughing. I was in a dead sleep. I scare my kids all the time. And we've done this our whole life. I scared Frankie so bad one time. I had a video camera set up up here over top of the door. He came in the front door, and I was just hiding behind it. But you know the best time to get your kids is when they're taking the trash out because it's nighttime. And they're already a little bit like, ooh. And, and he comes in the front door, and they always, you know they're primed for it when they come in the front door, and they're a little bit quick, quick to the door. And he slides in, and as soon as he threw the door shut, I was a, and it's not even like the loud, and it's just get them right in the right moment. And he jumped and slammed his knee into the wall and put a hole in the wall. <laughs> I was hiding in the closet a couple years ago, and Luca came into the kitchen, the pantry, and opened the pantry door up. And I was in there, and I just had a video camera like this, and he opened the pantry door. He fell back on the ground and was just shaking. It's fun, <laughs> terrorizing. <laughs> Some of y'all are going to go home and try these very tricks. Merry Christmas is my gift to you. I see it on Justin's face. He's already processing how he can do it better. Yeah, it's how we get back at our kids. No, we love them. No. There's something about the moment you do this to somebody, you, you spook them, you scare them, you get them in that space. What are you doing? You're taking their security away from them. You're making them go to an insecure place. You are now destabilizing their space, and you're causing them to be insecure because they've lost security. How many times do we build homes with insecure people? People who are insecure in who they are, insecure of their calling, insecure of their manhood, insecure of their parenthood, insecure of their uh, place as a spouse, insecure in their singleness, insecure as a child, insecure as a teenager, insecure as a pastor, insecure as an employee, insecure in any area of life. And when you are insecure as a believer, you are in a space not stable. And the enemy can attack you and you wonder why you get shook so bad you fall to the floor like Luca put a hole in the wall like Frankie when something comes along and gets you. Because you've allowed an insecurity into your life. And insecurity in our lives keeps us from being the person God's created us to be. I walk with self-doubt. I have no confidence. I'm my self-critic. I self-sabotage myself with insecurity. You self-sabotage yourself when you live life insecure. Shaken. It leads to fear. They rise up. And I cannot be the husband, the father, the pastor, the leader, the mentor, the person God has called me to be leading an insecure life. Insecurity could be the reason you didn't get the promotion. You didn't get the job. The marriage didn't make it. It could be why you don't want to go to family functions this Christmas. Insecurity could be at the core why you have evolved into the person you are today. Let's pull the Christmas story in for perspective. We have a teenage girl who got pregnant, not married. Teenage girl 
gets pregnant, not married. Hello, insecurity. I'm going to be judged. I'm going to be doubted. The Holy Spirit did what? I'm going to be talked about, lied about, gossiped about, slandered. Joseph, a man who the Bible says was faithful and just, describes him as a man. I mean, he had to be some kind of man for God to entrust him to raise his sons. Insecure. No, we don't get these notions. I'm just saying I know being a human, they had to deal with these things. It's fair to speculate. I mean, Joseph was going to put her away and just give her a quiet divorce because he didn't know what to do. Why? Because he probably was struggling with this feeling of insecurity in his life. What are people going to say? Will they even do business? Are they going to believe that I did not get this teenage girl that I was engaged to pregnant before we got married? Y'all are quiet this morning. You're just processing this. We are a talking church. Sometimes insecurity in our lives keeps us from being who we're called to be. Why does the angel show up to Mary and Joseph in both, both times and say, fear not? No, we've always said, well, it's because if an angel showed up to me, my bedroom or you, we'd be pretty scared. Absolutely. Ultimate scare tra- tactic of all time. Better than coming out the pantry door, better than hiding behind any door, just boom, up here, a bright shining light. That's going to scare somebody. Fear not. However, I think he was also telling them, don't be afraid of what people say. Don't be afraid because people are going to talk. Don't be afraid of their opinions of you. Don't be afraid because when God has called you to something, many people won't agree with it. Do not fear. Do not fear what they think. Do not fear what they say. Do not fear their opinions of you. And when we get to a place where we want somebody else's opinion, approval, affirmation, greater than God's, we destabilize our lives. Remember that old song? On, I mean, if you've got to go way back with me here, but I go way back in church sometimes. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Really good lyrics, just two lines in this old song. But the foundation of that song was, I can stand secure on him, and when I try to stand anywhere else, I need them to like me, I need them to like me, I need their approval, I want her to think this of me. When I allow myself to be positioned there, you're standing on quicksand. And the foundation will cave in. It will give in because you've destabilized your life. And insecurity will attack you. You know, insecurity will come along for all of us. All of us. We're all vulnerable to insecurity. All of us. Each one of us, this message applies to, speaks to. No matter what area of your life you're in, younger, older. You're in school, high school, college. Whew. We pray for you. We love you. That's why we have a small group designed just for you that meets every other Sunday night called Avenue Students. Because we realize the world is trying to give you their standard 
and put on you their approval, and you've got to fight so that you know, I don't care what they think. I'm called to this level of living. This is my purity. This is my standard. This is my conviction. And at 15, 16, 17 years old, you can have personal convictions that you can stand upon. And if you don't, your life will be shaken because the world will not be happy with you. You can live your life to please them, your friends. You can live your life to please God. There are people, grown people, walking around in this world, $900, $1,000 monthly car payments to impress somebody with an emblem on the front of the car, and the people they're trying to impress don't even care. Don't drive a car to impress me because I don't know cars. I know cars and trucks and motorcycles. That's how I identify vehicles. My son, Frankie, he's 17, he's got a dictionary in his head of vehicles. Dad, did you see that? There was a Corvette Z8 supercharged with a blah, 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 blah. I was like, I saw a fast car. <laughs> if you're trying to impress me with your lifestyle and that kind of a monthly note and that type of going at it, if you enjoy that, go for it. I'm not saying you shouldn't. If you can afford it, it fits in your budget, do it. But if you're doing it for the motivation that, hmm, Somebody's going to, oh, wait till I drive up in this. Reevaluate. Reevaluate. Because insecurity will sabotage you and your relationships. You can build a home, you can build a life that is secure, or you can build it that's insecure. Christmas time is a great time to evaluate. Let me give you four keys right now. Because healthy relationships and families are the result of healthy people. You don't get a healthy family with unhealthy people. You get healthy families, healthy churches, healthy relationships because individuals are healthy and secure. Number one, write this down. I have, all, all I have is all I need. All I have is all I need. It's so simple. But let's walk through Ephesians. We're going to go a little verse by verse here in Ephesians chapter 1. More un-Christmas Christmas verses. Here we go. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed, say blessed, blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. How many of you are blessed in the heavenly realms? Raise your hand. Participation time. No, no. How many of you are blessed in the heavenly realms? Thank you, God, for heavenly blessings in the heavenly realms. But I don't see them in the physical realm. And, and they doesn't even mention that there are any. Heavenly blessings, heavenly blessings in the spiritual realm. That's deep. That's over my head. That's great. How does it help me now? Because when you realize you're more spirit than body, when you realize that a greater blessing happens in that realm than this one, it secures you in this one. It can found you and ground you here on earth when you realize my heavenly blessing is right there over my head. It may not be tangible. It may not be something I can grab and access. It may not be something I can hug and it will hug me back. It may not be something I can spend and then I get to look at it. But man, that blessing is greater than anything on earth I could access. Paul says every spiritual blessing. 
what more do I need if I have all I need? I want people to walk around with confidence that all you have is all you need. And if you needed more, you would have it. If you step into a space and you go, I need something, God will provide it. A heavenly blessing in your moment that you need it. I'm fully confident that everything God has prescribed for me to do today, I have access to in my life. I am secure that there are areas of my life, like I'm, I'm working on education still. I'm working on getting more degrees. I'm in a process of developing, developing those things. All good. However, in this moment today where I am, I have all I need. Not because of me, but because of every spiritual blessing has been given to me in the heavenly realms. I have it. I keep on this point here for a moment because some of y'all need to be convinced because I know it's not tangible. It's, we can't grab it. We can't touch it. We can't hold it. So what do we do? So we go running and looking for something we can grab, touch, and hold. Because if I can't see it there and I feel like, well, that's going to be a heavenly thing. No, no, it's not for when you get to heaven. It's access accessible now. However, whew, we go look in many, many places because we're looking for security and approval. We have Christians who have every spiritual blessing available, and yet they don't access them. My five-year-old, Dax, about this big, 42 inches, we measured him comes in the kitchen, and this dude's a snacker. Anybody's just a snacker. Meals come and go. I snack all day long. Just grazes through the kitchen. He makes his way over to the pantry, and he gets into the pantry, and he's, he's looking around. He opens the door. He walks in. The good stuff in the pantry is elevated. So he goes in the pantry, and he looks around, and he, Dad, Dad, come running in there. What do you need? And this is what he does. So I know what to do. I scoop him up, lift him, hold him up. He scans. And when he realizes what he wants, because the good stuff is up high, where it's easily accessible for dad, because I don't want to bend over. So it's there. I'm smart in my old age, you know. So I, I, there he is. He grabs onto it, put him back down, goes about his day. It's available. It's accessible. And when you're in your father's arms, everything that is available to you is accessible to you. But do you know it's not on the top shelf? It's on the bottom floor, on the ground, the trash can, the garbage, old stuff, discarded stuff. Stuff that's going to go to the curb, get recycled, go to the dump. And we have people who don't get in their father's arms to access all that's available to them, and they keep eating out of the garbage, out of the trash can of life, trying to find a relationship in the trash can, trying to find security in the trash can, trying to find love in the trash can. Trying to find acceptance 
in garbage, trying to find hope in the garbage, trying to find anything that will make them feel good in the moment in the garbage. Pastor, you call my boyfriend trash? I am not. But when I said that, whoever's face came to your mind, that's on you. If only we could understand the security of a five-year-old, I'm going to bypass that. You know what else is on the bottom floor of the pantry? Dog food. I'm, you know what your pantry looks like. If we could just get that five-year-old mentality, the faith of a child, Father, lift me up and let me find access to every spiritual blessing that is available to me in Jesus. Even not so far away that it's only when I'm in heaven I access them. But right now I can, but I just have to be with him. If we could get that in our minds, if we could get to that place where we quit looking and searching, accessing everything that would only please us in the temporary, clicking on trash. Trashy videos, trashy posts, trashy books, trashy conversations. You don't need to access that. You are God's son, daughter. You have access to every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Leave the trash alone. I'm going to move on. Your security must be grounded in God. He's all that I need, so I have all I need. Number two, my value is in his vision. Saying in Ephesians 1, verse 4, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. I'm not going to lie to you. There's people in this world that don't think I'm holy and blameless. They don't think it about you either. And you can live to their standard or you can live to his. I choose to live to find value in his vision. Because it's not by my works. It's me ac accepting the work of Jesus Christ as my Savior. So now, all of a sudden, I stand perfect and blameless. Knowing I've got some stuff messed up. Knowing I've made plenty of mistakes. But in God's vision, he sees his son and he sees me united with him. Keep reading. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given to us in the one he loves. And there's a great theological debate inside of these scriptures here, and we are not diving in this morning because I got about 15 minutes. But if you stand on the side that says God chose beforehand, or you stand on the side that says God knew beforehand, and I stand on the, the know beforehand kind of side, if you stand on either side, either place, we both agree that God beforehand chose you. 
before the foundations of the world, he chose you. He knew you. He called you. He set you up. He planned you. So next time you're drawn aside, next time you're out in this space, next time you're tempted, next time you're looking to dig into something not in the heavenly realms, next time you're drawn away, next time you're tempted, and by no means does that mean you're not living right because you're tempted. Jesus was tempted. Get ready. Temptation's coming as soon as you walk out of service. It might hit you while you're sitting in service. It is coming your way. And when it does, you can be armed and ready to go, I don't need to choose you. I'm secure because God chose me. There is power in choice. We have a free will that we can choose whatever we want. We are not puppets that God has to go like this, and we just do everything he says. I've got a choice, and God had a choice, and God chose to love you. He chose you. If we could just get ready for that. But we have people that are so insecure, they're giving other people half-price discounts for something God paid full price for. You'll love me, there's a discount. You want me, here's a discount. You told me cool things, fun things, endearing things, here's a discount. You hang out with me, here's a discount. The Bible says God the Father paid full price for the pardon of our sins. Do not discount yourself because you're so insecure that you give yourself away to somebody who is not willing to pay full price. This is Christmas. He sent his son into the world to pay full price for what he chose to love the most. My value is not in my vision of me. My value is not in your vision of me. My value is tied directly to what God sees in me. I hope you wrote that down. That will give you a key next time you're in that space when your mind is battling. And my value is found in what God sees in me. And he sees so much in you, he sent his son to this earth to give his life. Number three, write this down. My seat is safe. My seat is safe. Ephesians 1, verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God, of God's grace that he lavished on us. Oh, somebody would just lavish something on me sometime. I think like the word lavish, I didn't look it up, but just on the fly, it's like somebody just, just pouring it on. Just dumping, just lavishing. And God lavishes his grace on you. All right, take your phones out. Everybody take your phone out. Permission to take your phone out. If you're taking notes in the paper and pen, even in, just, just kind of pull your phone out real quick. Take notes. Open up your notes. If you have your iPhone, open up your notes. It's right there. Go to it. Notes. If you have a droid, I don't know. Figure it out. <laughs> Use somebody's iPhone. Have them send it to you. Here we go. Make a note because this Christmas, this is God's gift to you. Ready? You, you need to know this. My seat is safe. This is God's gift. This is what Paul just told us. Ready? What do we get out of Christmas? 
What has God done for us? What, does get, what gift does God give me at Christmas time? I am holy and blameless in his sight. Write it in your notes. Holy and blameless in his sight. Number two, adoption. These are all things Paul just listed in the passage we're reading. I've been adopted into his family. And when I'm adopted into his family, I am locked in. Three, I have grace in Jesus. We're probably going to do a series next year on grace. It blows my mind, the thought of God's grace. You need to be blown away when you read about God's grace, when you experience God's grace, when you see God's grace at work in your life, overcoming all that I am. His grace is faithful. What a great Christmas gift. God's grace to me. Number four, redemption through Jesus' blood. Number five, forgiveness of my sins. Not to be overlooked. I get forgiven for all that stuff. There's just five right there. Five things God's got gifts to you when you step into a relationship with him through Jesus Christ, his son. Your seat is safe. And we got people acting like scared, insecure, insecure in their salvation, insecure in their spiritual living, insecure in who God has called them to be. I took moments in time to have you write that in there because I believe you have to go back to that thing tomorrow, Friday, next year. Monday night was family night. Every Monday night, family night. Every Monday night, family night. Many Monday nights, we watched movies. Movie night was a common theme for family night. We had a couch, chair, and a lot of carpet. If you had a couch seat, you had to get up and get more popcorn, use the restroom. You had to call I'm saving my seat. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about now. You, if you didn't save your seat and you left, woo, somebody sitting on the floor was going to steal that seat. But if you called it, my seat saved. It had the power of life and death. It was like the judge's gavel came down and struck and boom, nobody can take my seat because I called it. Christians had that type of confidence to know. That security in their life. My seat is saved. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, the Bible says. Read further in Colossians. We're seated in heavenly places. But I'm walking on earth, but I'm seated in heavenly places. I got seated somewhere one time. Had no idea what was happening. 2000 and 10. It was a golf fundraising event, two-day event. I was asked to come be part of it. So we were golfing on Saturday, on the second day, but the night before there was a, a gala. And so at this event, they said, hey, would you do us a table? Would you sit at this table and just host it and talk to whoever comes and sits down? It's a sure thing. You know, the round tables, eight people. And so there, there was a table 
and they hadn't assigned anybody. And they said, do you have anybody at your table? I said, no, nobody. They said, cool, we're going to send somebody to your table, just host them, stay there with them, talk to them, make conversation, make them have a great time. I can do this. We're going to have a great time. We got me and you, whoever it is, we're going to have a great time. Two of us, eight of us, doesn't matter. So they send this guy named Charlie. Charlie, they bring him over and sit him down and say, Dave, this is Charlie. Charlie says, Dave, hey, thanks for being here tonight. It's going to be a great evening. Enjoy the night. So I'm getting to know Charlie. Seated at the same table as Charlie. Now, my ignorant self don't know who Charlie is. Some of y'all may not know. This man was in country music. And that's why I didn't know him. His name is Charlie Pride. And I don't know if anybody knows him. I don't know if it rings a bell. I had no clue who he was. Four-time Grammy winner. 30-plus number one songs. First African-American to win Male Vocalist of the Year, CMA Award, back-to-back years. And I'm seated with this guy just chatting it up, hoping he's having a good time. Talking, talking about everything. Don't have a clue who he, do, who he is or what he does. Sometimes God will seat you in a spot and you won't know what he's doing because if you did, you'd grow insecure. My ignorance equipped my security. It's amazing how God will seat us places sometimes and you'll be oblivious to what he's doing and he puts you in that bubble just so. I mean, I'm sure that man who just passed away a couple years ago, that man, I'm sure he just had fans everywhere, autographs everywhere. They probably set him at my table because they knew he ain't going to know him. He's not going to annoy him. And I just thought, we're just going to hang out and have dinner. God has reserved a seat for you in spaces. And when you feel ill-equipped, when you feel underqualified, he has set you there for a reason. Stand in it, sit in it, hold on to the security that he has validated you. So many people want to work for validation, perform for validation, live for validation. God seats you somewhere, and if he's positioned you there at your job, you may be on your job for day one. If he has set you in that job, you are already validated. You don't have to strive for validation so that now i got to perform. Oh, I hope the pastor sees this. Oh, I hope the church knows this. Man, just serve. Just sit in your seat and serve. God called you to it. Just serve. God set you there. Just serve. Don't do it for show. Don't do it for people's applause. Don't do it to get affirmed. Don't do it for the, any reason other than, God, thank you for this opportunity I have. And I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to show up and be secure. Woo! What if we just showed up in 2024? Show up, be secure. What would happen in our lives? What happens in your home when you just, as a mom, a dad, a husband, a wife, you just show up and you're secure every time? Pray with your kids. I don't know what to say. Talk to God. So many parents I talk to are insecure to pray with their kids. 
So many couples are insecure to pray together. Learn how to do it. Understand that in that moment, this is a window we have. And insecurity will begin to destabilize your life if you're not secure in the seat God has set you in. Number four, I got to close this out. My source, my source, my source is secure. Verse 8, the second part of it. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will. Say his will. His will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. It seems like this was God's idea all along. Look where Paul says he got this writing from. He says all that he just said came from his will and his pleasure. God did all these things. That Christmas gift list you made, all the blessings, all the ideas, all the chosen and the calling before creation, all of it was done for his will and his pleasure. And yet, think about it, when we are insecure as human beings, why are we insecure? Because I don't feel safe in his will, and I don't feel like I'm bringing him pleasure. So I want to do what I want to do, my will, and I want to find my own pleasure. What pleases me. Church has trouble with this word pleasure. Pleasure. If I opened up a sermon on Sunday morning and said, we're going to talk about pleasure. Yeah, some of y'all be like, we're going to talk about pleasure. February. Hope you come back. And that's, that's what we're talking about. Because every time I'm insecure and go looking, our will, doing what I want, my pleasure, getting what I want, my will, doing what I want, my pleasure, getting what I want, satisfying my desires, living for the moment, ill-advised, reckless, impulsive. I live this way. Why? Because I'm not secure in who Christ Jesus has called me to be. But when I am secure as his son or as his daughter, and that is enough, and that is enough for me, oh, it's more than enough. But I am called as his child. That should be enough to keep you secure so you can say no to every temptation, attack, approach to eat out of the garbage can. Now, I'm not going to... Oftentimes, we get to a place where we realize if I just knew then, now what I knew then. Like the whole hindsight thing. If I could just have the understanding today, in this moment, I wouldn't have done those things then. You meet somebody that says, I have no regrets, walk away, they're a fool. I know that's hard. Ah, it's Christmas. I shouldn't be so mean. No, really. I got plenty of regrets. If I don't regret, well, you know, they're not regrets. They're lessons learned. They can still be lessons learned, but I sure wish I didn't do and say and behave the way I used to. When I stand in Christ and see myself now forgiven, ooh, it makes me wish I hadn't done those things. It doesn't shame me makes me realize 
I could have lived different. I could have chosen different. We don't have to live those insecure lives. Because on Christ the silent rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Stand with me this morning. Stand in security. Stand stable. Stand strong. Stand this Christmas knowing I am who God has said I am. I have everything I need for right now in this season of life. His vision, his words, his thoughts about me are all that matter. Father, I thank you that in this moment right now, we can find security in you. People are being set free and moving on, changing mindsets that they are dependent upon somebody else's validation. They're dependent upon somebody else's approval. They're dependent upon somebody else's thoughts of how well they're living their life. God, we must learn to find our security in you. Let us be a secure church of healthy people that are building healthy relationships all over. A healthy community because we stand on the rock Christ Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just for a moment. Keep your eyes closed. If you're here today and you say, well, Dave, where do I start? Start with a place of salvation. All those things I listed, that whole Christmas list, that is for people who are believers in Jesus, Christians. And you have the opportunity to access that right now. You say, well, I don't know if I am or not. Get it right. Find security in Christ. Save your seat right now. I'm going to pray with you. Watching online, I'll pray with you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. When you pray it, I'm going to invite everybody in this room to pray it. I want you to make it your own prayer. Believe in your heart. In this moment right now, everything is different. It's a simple yet significant decision that now changes everything. If that's you and you're ready, repeat after me. Say, Jesus, come into my life and save me. Forgive me. Make me new. Stabilize me. Strengthen me. I am secure in who you say I am. I am a Christian, and I am your son or daughter. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said, amen. Come on, people. Celebrate. God's doing. Put your hands together. 